0: What's up, y'all? You are listening to For the Artists, a podcast brought to you by Creative M Projects. I'm your host, Melissa Cherie. I have a California born, Iowa, and Colorado raised girl in the house today, okay, who comes from a family of artists. And when I found out that she was an artist, I was like mind blown because I should have known she was an artist and I had no idea. And literally, her mom and dad are amazing artists, so the apple did not fall far from the tree. But let me not already start off going down this little rabbit trail. Let me keep talking about this person before I tell you who she is. In high school, her younger brother encouraged her to go to art school after graduation, but instead she found herself at Metro State, focused on a teaching career path. She continued to dabble in sketching and some pastels until a life change in 2008, had her fully delve into creating art and starting to paint. She appreciates all mediums and often enjoys using them together. She had her first independent art show in 2010. Okay. Hello. Let's snap that up. Followed by showings at the CHAC, which is the Chicano Humanities and Arts Council, Art gallery in Denver's Santa Fe Art District. Whoa! While she hasn't debuted any recent work, she continues to create while holding a full-time career in corporate America. And her name is Ariane. Oh my goodness, Ariane, the visual artist, the creative, the woman extraordinaire who is doing so many things. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Great. I'm so so glad you said yes. Me too. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> All right. So, you know what? Off top, I'm already wanting to ask you about the balance of life because it sounds like you are balancing a lot of things. So, what does that look like for you in terms of how you balance things? That's
1: a great question, Melissa.
0: And I will say that I think a lot of us are in
1: this space right now, especially as we've had these huge transitions over the last like three years, right? And so I think a lot of people are kind of finding this space where, oh my gosh, everything is changing and maybe I'm looking at a new career or new something like that and how to make it all work. And I think for me, it's been huge career change. I left my main career um, back in December, I'd been there for 20 years Um, And now I'm embarking on this kind of consultancy business where I really dive into the things that I love. And at the same time, I'm really pushing myself to get back into the creative space because I see it in myself. I know it in myself that when I'm not being creative, I start to just feel stuck and weighed down. And, you know, honestly, not even able to process. Sometimes when I'm doing just a sketch or just envisioning my new landscaping, I Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that's Sorry. Um, and, and, you know, or re- redoing the bathroom, right? Like those things help my brain kind of defrag into a way that, you know, it's like all the, the back loud problems, the world stuff is happening. But when I focus down into doing something that is creative, it allows my brain to just kind of fall into place. And then I feel a little bit more centered, a little bit more focused. Um, sometimes it's like a little bit a kick in the pants, like, okay, go get busy, like enough procrastination. Mm -hmm. But it takes those moments of creativity, I think, to really help me find the balance. And it's been a lesson learned over many years.
0: Over many years. Yeah, I guess there's a tension that comes from the um like being an artist and wanting to be creative and then the responsibility of actually like living in this world when you haven't made creativity like your full-time gig
1: yeah yeah it's intimidating I'm not gonna lie like it really is of and that's part of the reason when you heard it you know you read my bio and that's that moment like in high school right of um you know, that was the, the, the mid nineties and thinking about being an artist or thinking about being a journalist at that point in time, didn't seem like a great place where I could also have, you know, a family and be able to be around for my children and all of those things. Cause well, the internet wasn't what it is today. (laughs) Um, and it was that, how do I put food on the table and do the things I love. And I felt like I had felt a melding of it in teaching, but not exactly, didn't quite hit the point. Mm.
0: Okay, so would you say now that you are, you, you mentioned that you're trying to get back into like more creative space or creative spaces? I'm thinking about just your like intention <laughs> like, do you, like, do you set intentions and and do you make that an intentional thing? and and how do you how do you do that where you haven't been able to do that in the past? Maybe you know, I think this
1: is uh, your intention is the exact space to be in. And I haven't been as intentional. I have more so just used it as, like I said, a defrag or a way to kind of therapize through something um, as opposed to really being intentional about it and thinking about how do I create pieces for the world to see? I think a lot of times in these most recent years, it's been creating art for just myself or creating art that um, some may not say is art, right? But I think that when we look at our homes and we're doing redecoration or remodel and our yards and all of those things, that's, there's, Art in that um, you know, when I'm braiding my daughter's hair, there's art in that. So yeah, maybe I'm not doing the most traditional forms of art, but I think that I'm still doing some components of that. did it, mm-hmm. did it hit on your question? I feel like I got really into it and I thought, oh, my brain just went uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I think I was um I think I was also trying to get at, you know, I think sometimes we will we'll, we'll be like, oh, I have an intention of doing something. But then when it comes to the execution of actually being yes. intent, it's like two different things. So like one is a it thought is. and then an action. So yes. I'm like, what do you do to make it an action?
1: I think I'm working on making it an action. And part of it is making my art supplies available. So right now, mm-hmm. In a a minute ago, all of this was stored away at some point, honestly, between my last art show and and, in this last year, a lot of it was put away. Um, Just my focus around my family and corporation in in corporate America, corporate America um, really kind of just took over. And so it was intentionally unpacking the things, bringing them out of storage, bringing them into spaces where I could readily access access them. So like right now, as we're talking, I know there's my portable art bag over here with my stuff, like I could just grab it and go out and, and sketch, even if it's just the kitchen table. I got watercolors here, I've got markers, I've got brushes, you know, so the things that are in the moment of, and that's part of it too sometimes is, having those tools available when you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when you have to stop like that creative moment to get those tools ready to like do the thing that's in your head, it can totally like stop in your tracks. Stop me in my tracks, I should say you, it's really about me. So it stops me in my tracks. And so I thought maybe if I put things out and they're more readily available, when I have that intention that I wanna go create art, it's really easy to execute upon because it's right here, right? Like I can't say to myself, well, it's all in storage. So, I mean, even if you wanted to do a painting, like you can't get to your stuff. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 it's right here. So
0: yes.
1: do the thing
0: yes that's so good that's so good so that that's that you answered it right there boom (laughs) because someone (laughs) that's very tangible you know what i mean like someone can relate to that like having things readily accessible and available and what i love about it because you're a visual artist it's like well actually you know what that's not even true what i was about to say i was (laughs) like you know sometimes we have these um these like reality reasons of mm-hmm. why we are like hindered from creating. And it's because, you know, we don't have access to the tools. Yeah. Sometimes we don't have the money to buy the paint. Sometimes yeah. we don't have the money. It, usually it's tied to money. We don't have the money to get the studio time or, you know, whatever it is. But it's like at a certain point, it's like if we really want to do something, it's like we find a way to be able to create. And aside from those things that are reality hindrances you know what I mean yes yes it and there's
1: an expectation I think that we put upon ourselves I put upon myself I know for sure of I once I create something I have to share it right like it's that um you know every artist should share every piece and that's not true Mm -hmm. um and it's a story that runs in my head but I have to kind of like check that pattern and say no, 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 no. You can create art just for you, and you can then choose what you want to share later, right? So I think it's also giving yourself a little bit of permission to be messy and get in it, and not think that anybody's judging you about what you're creating. You don't have to share it with anybody. You know, it can be just a piece for you, and then when you do feel ready to share, there's often like a story that comes with it because it's like all these things are happening when I pushed myself to like make this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's that too, giving your little self a little bit of permission to be vulnerable, be messy, to make mistakes and to know that you can keep it to yourself. You know, it's your choice if you want to share your art or not.
0: Yes. Ooh, I love that too. I love that too. Because the sharing part, you know, sometimes people, like you said, sometimes people will only attribute it to being art if it is like shared or shareable, but really it's like, I don't know. I feel like creating is the ability to bring something that was not into existence. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with whether or not somebody else sees it or you share it with somebody or not. It's like, yeah, this wasn't there before I brought it into existence by making it or creating it or whatever. So it is created and it is art.
1: And, you know, it's like, as, as you were saying that it came to my mind of just even the work I do for corporate America, you know, doing project and change management, you're creating, right. Mm-hmm. You're solving puzzles. We're throwing a whole box upside down and saying, how do we make everything fit? And do we have all the pieces? So like, even we're creating in those roles, maybe when we don't often think we are. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I was listening to some, um, someone he's like a preacher slash motivational speaker and there was something that he said I'm not gonna say it the way he said it but in a nutshell <laughs> in a nutshell basically what he was saying is that you know there are there are people who they are they're really content with like where they are and what mm-hmm. they're doing and what mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. but because they feel like someone outside of themselves would not think that what they have is enough or what they're doing is enough. You know, it's like they don't want to embrace the fact that like, no, I actually really love like where I'm at with what I'm doing. And that came up. I'm I'm thinking about that as in terms of what you just said, because I feel like even when it comes to creating you know, it's like we have to free ourselves as artists and creatives to be okay with like, no, I love this. This is yeah. this is exactly what I wanted to be doing, exactly what I wanted to make. And it doesn't really matter if you don't get it or you don't understand or you don't like it. Like, I'm good. I love it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, 100%.
1: And it's just like thinking as you're talking too of, you know, it. it is that space of being able to say, I love it and I can do it and it makes me happy. And maybe somebody pops by my home and they're like, ooh, who did that painting, right? Of, you know, and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's fine. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. And how fulfilling that is. And then on the flip side is when you do choose to share the art. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Is anybody going to appreciate it? Is anybody going to like it? Is anybody going to buy this? You know, and just that waiting to hear what people like kind of outside of your sphere think about your art is like so incredibly vulnerable. And so like, I think it is super intentional about that space of holding your art close, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and kind of until you're ready to be like, okay, I want the world to see it because you, you do cherish those pieces and just making sure that you're, feeling special about them before you allow anybody else to say what they need to say about your you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So take me back for a second. Now you mentioned high school. So was high mm-hmm. school when you, you realize like, huh, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I'm doing or was it sooner?
1: I don't know that I ever realized that I'm pretty good at what I'm doing mm. to be really frankly honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that just growing up with my my bio dad um, and how he looks at everything through artistic lenses and being able to, he talks about a lot of my talking about a sunset and contrasting colors and then talking about it in the grocery store when we were shopping. And I was like, um, you know, so I think it's, it's that, um, sorry I got totally lost in that moment you went back there
0: to the sunset I did I totally did and then I was like wait what are we talking about because I was like okay we're <laughs> back in through the west and I was like hold on hold on hold on hold on when um, did you realize you were good yeah
1: yeah and I think it probably was it was probably honestly in that moment in mm-hmm. high school that my little brother looked at the things that I created and thought that they were good enough. Mm -hmm. And then to um, have my teachers, like at my high school art teacher, I had to take an art school to graduate. So I found myself in an art class with my brother, Mm -hmm. probably hence the reason why he's like, why don't you go to art school? And I did a um, pointillism straight line piece, and doing that creation of that. And then that was just kind of a piece. And honestly, as I think back about it, it was really kind of therapeutic too when I think about all the pieces that are in that element of what was happening in my life at that point. No intention, right? Really to share it beyond that. And then my teacher coming to me and saying, this is wonderful. And we have an art show and we want to show it. And I'm like, <laughs> You want to, my work? You want to like, and they're like, we're going to professionally frame it,
0: <laughs> which I can't
1: tell you how much meant to me because I can't, my parents could not afford to do something like that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe it was at that moment that I thought I might be actually really good at this. Um, and then maybe, honestly, the last moment might have been earlier this week, my mom shared a flashback of my chalk uh, gallery and the paintings I had put up, and I spent absolutely many of them. And somebody came back and was like, I love this one. I've always loved this one. Do you still have it? And if you do, can I please buy it? And I was like, how? Oh, I created that piece like eight years ago. And to see that somebody still loves it, mm-hmm. maybe, I am, maybe I am an artist. Maybe I'm like a real artist, like a for real artist. Mm-hmm. And I might be actually good at this, so. I think that
0: happens it happens yeah. over occasionally. <laughs> okay that, that lovely I got two different questions out of what you just said so let me go to the fir- <laughs> let me go to the first one because I think the other one's a little bit juicier it has a little oh of okay, okay I'll remember it. I'll remember it but real okay. quick so did you have any outside of the fact that you were in that art class because you you know you learned some skills and developed yeah. in that class I'm sure did you have any other like formalized training at you None. know to do it it was just a natural gift
1: I guess, I guess so. Yes. I think just uh, maybe to watching both my dad. So my, my bio dad bear and his, he has really great black and white watercolor kind of abstract drawings. And my stepdad pops who, um, who would do oil paintings. Hmm. And I remember like when I was little and watching him create a little flower pot with marigolds in it and just being like blown away how much texture was in it and how bright the colors were. So I think those are really the only influences. I didn't go to art school. I, you know, studied art just as part of my college package, if you will, but no, I've had no formal training.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yes. Mad respect for those that do and are confident to invest themselves in doing that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Mad respect. But I I also think there's, I think there's, I don't know if the word is mad respect, but I think when we're, it's amazing to me that each one of us, like everybody is like, just naturally given the ability to do something really well and really amazing without Mm -hmm. even really having to think about it or put a whole lot of effort into it. I mean, not to say that they, they shouldn't put effort into it to develop it, but I just, to me, that, that amazes me. (laughs) Like the fact that you have the ability to paint and to draw and to bring things to life on different types of canvases. Like, I just think that that is so amazing. Um, Which leads me to the other question that I, that came up for me while you were talking. Cause I think you had also mentioned, you, you said you weren't sure that you believed in yourself or that you were good. There was something you said along those lines. And I can relate to that. I can relate to that because um, it's just funny how that happens. You know, like when you can do something naturally and everyone else can kind of see what you can do. And then it's like, we question, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? And I wonder, I guess my question is, you know, Had you fully believed in yourself, do you think you would have chosen a different path in terms of like full force, like, like pursuing art, like full time in a different capacity? Or do you think you would have continued to do what you've done in terms of your your journey and the choices that you've made career wise?
1: It's a really great question. I think so. I want to answer two part, So the first part kind of just around believing in yourself, right. And how we can often in our own ways. And I, I, and honestly, as I look back about it, there were so many things that were happening in my life that were influencing those decisions that I was making. And they weren't necessarily my dreams and desires that I was making choices on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there was, And and I can allow those things to be a reason why I chose not to do the thing that I was most fearful of. Hmm. So there was a lot happening there. And there are times where I wish I would have pushed past that fear, right? And and done it anyway. Um, And gosh, I don't know what my life would look like if I had done (laughs) (laughs) that. Um, But I also, the other side of this is, You know, the community that I grew up in, um, the high school that I went to, when we talked careers and what you could be when you grew up, there wasn't a lot of really deep discussion about it. Nobody sat down and talked to me and said, hey, we noticed you love visual arts. And did you know you could be an artist and do that kind of creative work in architecture, Mm -hmm. in marketing? And, you know, like all these other things that there were actual career options that could provide the kind of like what, you know, my 17, 18 year old me was thinking I was going to need to be able to have a family, but nobody talked to me about that. And I feel like if somebody had, if somebody had said, here are the ways that you could do this, we noticed that your aptitude here, we noticed how you light up when you do this thing, right? and here are ways in which you could dig into building a career that allows you to continue to do it. But I didn't have that. So I didn't realize all of those options until much later in life. Um, I would love to have been an architect. I would love to have been, you know, like a landscape designer. Those are all very creative, very like artistic things that um, are like legit job fields. Not to say, not not to say fine art is not it is an absolute legit career path but yeah. for me where i was thinking about what i needed i wish somebody had just sat down and said hey there is a way for you to be able to do this and continue to create
0: yeah mhm i can say the same about myself <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. So like, you got to get out your own way, but I think for the young folks and the youth, we just need to be a little bit more tuned in to the things that really drive them. And if art is that, how do we help, how do we help that seed grow into Mm -hmm. something that that can really help them be amazing people in the world?
0: Yeah. So, um, What was that like to have your, your own, your own show, like a gallery show? It was just (laughs) yours or you were part of someone else's?
1: It was just mine. And I had this amazing tribe of women Mm -hmm. that came together to help make that happen. Um, I can think of sitting in my living room and everybody grabbing a piece of art and saying, what's the name of this piece? And I was like, I don't know I didn't name it, right? Yes. Like, so naming <laughs> and talking about the pieces and um, and like figuring out what like had to price them at. And then a very, very dear friend of mine um, had a studio um, in the Highlands here in Denver and it had like a yoga studio. And she said, you can use this, just you can't put holes in the wall. I'm like, okay, you know, little sticky hooks, we'll be fine. Um, And we made it work. And I put up all these different pieces of art and I invited all of my family, my closest friends. It wasn't really a big, huge public thing, but it was available to that. And I think that honestly, even though it wasn't, you know, red carpet type of showing, felt so monumental to me at that moment in my life. You know, having gone through a divorce, a career change, digging into the art, um, showing kind of all the things that were in my soul on a visual scape of people to look at um, was, it was a vulnerable space. And I just am so grateful for that tribe of women that I helped me kind of just keep doing it. Right. Because I could have mm-hmm. backed out. I could have easily been like, yeah. I was just one of my friends and like no big galleries accepting me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we're going to do this. Is we believe in you right you believe in us we believe in you and we're gonna keep we're gonna help you do all the things to get through this and we did and it was it was a wonderful time it really was and i was surprised at how many you know faces showed up that i hadn't seen in years and were there to support me And i think that's always the biggest gift anytime i had an art show where I was putting my stuff on display, especially when I was with chalk, where it was open for the whole public to see, Mm -hmm. of having some of those champions and those people that really believe in you come through, right? And say, we're here, we support you, we see you, we see what you're doing and just how much that meant and how amazing that felt. But it was also nerve wracking, (laughs) a hundred (laughs) percent.
0: Do you think you'll do it again? One day I would
1: love to do it again. Okay. I am thinking about um, the next group of pieces that I want to create and what it might look like. And mm-hmm. when I get to that space, I would I'd love to share them.
0: Okay. So from a logistic standpoint, in terms of your tribe, yeah, you you asked each of these women to be part or support you, or mm-hmm. is that how it worked?
1: Kind of, I mean, it was, we were, it was this group of friends of, of people that, and I will say, you know, I think especially going through my divorce and how many really strong, amazing, phenomenal women came into my life or rose into more prominent parts of my life during that time. And they just kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. of, and, and we kind of stuck with each other, but it wasn't even that I had to necessarily give a specific ask. It was, I'm not sure how to do this thing, but I want to do this thing. Can you help? And it was like, yes, what happened? Let's all get together and we will figure it out. And mm-hmm. it was really through that, that I was able to bring an idea into reality.
0: hmm I appreciate you sharing that because I think some sometimes when people are telling their stories, they jump from, you know, from this part to this part way over here and then they leave all the middle stuff and everyone's like, uh, oh, really? that's the part that I actually need to help me because I have no idea. I have no clue. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yes. Having a tribe, a village, you know, your people, and it doesn't have to be vast. You know, I was fortunate. I think it was seven ladies that landed up in my living room and helped me put all the pieces together, but it's important. It's important to have those people that encourage you when you can't encourage yourself, when you hit that wall, when you feel like you're out of inspiration, when the hurt feels too big to create, you need those, those people in your life to help you say that you can, and I'm here to
0: help you do it Ooh, okay you're quotable right there when the hurt feels too big to create that's quotable uh because I was thinking when you talked about how this was all happening like I guess around the time or after you're going through this divorce I'm like so did that you know sometimes when things happen in life it's like we just stop yeah uh, we don't, you know we we can't move forward or we get into these places where it's it's really dark and it's hard to climb out of. Um and so I guess your tribe was what helped you during that time or was a thousand other percent. Things? a thousand percent, I
1: would say it was my family, um my mom and my brother specifically, my stepdad, um and, you know, this network of amazing. And I I call them my PWs, like they are my phenomenal women um, that I can truly trust myself to be vulnerable with, who I know will speak with to me and with me with love, even through the hard things they might need to share. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really was, and and some of us were going through together. Like there was a few of us that were all in that space of, got married real young. We had kids real young. And then here we are kind of figuring out the rest of our lives in our thirties. And I don't know exactly how to do it, you know, and, and being able to be there for each other. And I think when, you know, they had the moments of discouragement, should I go back to school? Yes. How do I help you? Right. You know, it was all of that. And I, it a thousand percent was a big part of moving through that.
0: Okay. Now, Ariane, you strike me as uh, the type of personality where if you need help, you have you would have no problem crying out for help, asking for help, seeking the help that you need. Am I am I spot on or is that not true?
1: It should be. <laughs> it should be true, right? But no,
0: no, 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 it's not. I, okay. I
1: don't know. Yeah, that's not that's hard for me.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, and I ask that because you do, you do, you exude, there's a strength about you, you know, that, that comes out. And so, you know, for someone who's listening, who might be, you know, may not going through that exact hard time, you mm-hmm. know, it's like the hard times might have a different name, <laughs> a different situation, but like hard is hard, right? And we all come up against these hard, difficult times that are, um, I can't think of the word debilitating,
1: you know, you just kind of
0: almost get kind of paralyzed sometimes by the things that you're feeling and what's happening. And so, yeah, I guess I just wanted to speak to, you know, how we move forward in those times with getting the help that we need, especially like when we're uncomfortable doing so, or we're not sure how to do it. So, yeah, yeah. I think,
1: it is. Here's the thing. I think that this conundrum for, for myself is I know all the things I'm supposed to do. I know Mm -hmm. all the ways that I can do and need to do. And I know all the people that are there, but it's allowing myself to ask for the help. And I can be, um, I come from a, a whole family of very strong women, very strong women that I felt like, could solve the world's problems, and you know, specifically my mother and what she has lived through and led us through. You know, that there's a little bit of a feeling like, well, if she could do it, I could do it too, right? We're not the mm-hmm. same person, and that's not fair. Um, and so it is really being to a space of it's a couple things I've learned, a couple things I've learned in this is being ready to ask for help. And knowing what to ask for. Because sometimes people don't know, right? So like I'm like, I just I just need you to sit there and let me cry, right? (laughs) And have my moment. Or I need you to come, you know, like um give me a little shake and say, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Like sometimes you just need people to to know, or, or I should say, sometimes people need to know exactly what you need. And so being able to identify, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. And and I need just you to be here or I need to call and talk this through with you or um, I need to go and walk, right? Of being able to be like really specific and saying, this is the things that I need and that I, you could, you know, help with. And the other thing is, is, and I just had this conversation with a very dear friend of mine the other day is don't dismiss your pain. Or where your need is because you think somebody else's plate is too full. Mm. You're making a choice for the other person by saying, I see all the things that are happening in your life and I didn't want to put this on you. And I know I'm, I am, I am guilty of that too, of saying, I don't want to put more on another person's plate, but that's not also not fair, right? We yeah. need to tell the people that love us that we need them and we need their help and allow them to give us what they can. And so I think there's, you know, just a few things of being courageous, trying to identify the thing that you need, even if it's just a hug, even if it's just like, I need to go, you know, scream it out, I need to go cry it out, like, or I just need to like work through a problem with you. And then there's the other thing is, I may not know what I need, but I can't hold this in anymore and I need mm-hmm. to be able to share it with somebody. So I think it's it's continuous learning, right? As we grow into the people that we are, I will not say grown up because when are we ever really grown up? Um, but as we grow into the people we are, it is constant learning and constant growth of saying, how do we work through the things that are really hard and allow people to help us because we need them. Even mm-hmm. if we want to just push everybody away and say, we got this and we can do it and we'll be back when we're better. Mm-hmm. It's really not true. We yeah. need that help now in that moment.
0: We need it. And you know what need I mean, it. <laughs> being <laughs> courageous is being vulnerable. Cause I, you know, I, I, like what you said about, you know, sometimes we don't know what we need. I mean, I've had so many times where I didn't really know what I needed until I took the vulnerable moment, you know, to open up my mouth and communicate with somebody. And then in that moment, as I'm being vulnerable, then it's like the aha comes and it's like, yes. oh my gosh, that's what that was. Or that's what I needed. But if I wouldn't have even went there, I would, I would have still just been trapped and not even really knowing exactly what it was that I needed.
1: Does that make sense? It, a thousand percent. We get caught in that swirl, right? hmm Of all the things we know and all the perspectives we have and know to be true. And we just swirl around on that same idea and we can perseverate. And the minute that we open our mouths to talk to somebody that stirring stops, you know, and things are allowed to simmer and what's supposed to bubble to the top will. So I think it's that you do need to be able to say, I've been ruminating on this, or I can't get this thought out of my head or this feeling. I just can't shake to bring in somebody else to stop stirring and say, hold on, let's just leave it, and let's see, just pause for a moment, and what floats to the top, and how do we take care of it, and how we help yes. you
0: with it. How, how emotional are you when you paint, and when you sketch? <laughs> I'm curious.
1: <laughs> so, I will say it depends. Um, when I'm thinking about doing home design, or garden design, yard design, I'm usually in a pretty upbeat space, or um, Determined, like right, like I have a vision and I could see it. And I wish I could draw this better. It's just not my drawing style, right? And then when I really get into a lot of the art that's um, been seen in my shows, because I don't show my landscape sh- sketches at the art shows. So you, nobody wants to see that. Um, but when I get into the pieces that really create, there is a lot of emotional energy that goes into it, and. I will say that I think the multitude, because there are probably di- 20 different pieces I created during that time in my life where I was in major change, like huge upheaval in life, right? And I allowed it to come through and kind of express it through the paintings. And I think that that maybe scared me a smidge into feeling like every time I created that, that was going to be this huge upheaval of feelings. Hmm. And so it's kind of about what I talked about earlier about when the pain feels too big to create, right? Like of, Ooh, I'm not sure if I'm ready to pull that out. So like my pops passed away five years ago. I know that's sitting in me. And I know that's ready to come out in some artwork, but I have to be ready to feel the feels when I create, because it will just come out. So sometimes that can, and that's just something I've learned about myself as being an artist and going through what I did before of how much emotion of me came out into those paintings. And afterwards, it was a little bit exhausting. And so, mm-hmm. thinking about pulling that back up and creating new pieces and being vulnerable and emotional again and like intentionally, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a yield sign, right? Not a stop sign. It's a yield sign to say, are you in the right space to be able to do this? And maybe you're not yet. So let's just keep doing the things that help you create until you are. And I'll feel it when I feel it and it'll happen and you'll be the first person I share it with.
0: Wow. I was thinking as you were talking, like, I think I've had this conversation. I don't know if I've had this conversation on a podcast or not, but I know I've had this conversation. It's like when you're a singer songwriter and you're writing songs that are very personal and they relate to a period of time or a specific incident or, you know, a a very specific person. Mm. (laughs) It's like, you know, once that song, once you give that song life, And it's out there. It's almost like you have to be in a place where you are ready to relive whatever that thing is because you released it and it's out there, you know? And then if it resonates with people, you're gonna have to continue to sing it. You're gonna have to continue to perform it. So it's like, you need to be okay with it and realize that, you know, that your journey, like your process, your healing process as you're moving in your journey it still might not be done. Like as you continue to sing it and all that stuff, like, you know, you'll get more and more, I guess, through it to where yeah. you're like, finally, you come to a place where so you're like, ah, okay, this is definitely now a thing of the past and I can sing this song and I won't be overly emotional. I can yeah. relate to it, but it's from a different space and time.
1: A hundred percent. It It is <laughs>
0: I think I, I and I can't speak for
1: other artists, but I would feel that I felt the exact same way of and also of and, and I think this is the difference between um you know a singer-songwriter and a visual artist of you still get to kind of keep the song with you. And there's been moments where I've had to let go of paintings to people I don't know. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, okay. All right, oh. Okay, maybe have it back. Um, you know, where it is like I'm literally letting this piece of me go to a complete stranger and you know, being ready to do that too, right? Of saying, and I don't I'm never gonna see that again, right? You know, I have some pictures of that painting, but it's sitting in somebody's home, which is really what I really want for my artwork to be. But at the same time, letting go of something that you poured that emotional energy into can be can be tough
0: yeah i felt that way over some earrings that you know i make earrings and sometimes i you know Ooh, i only will make yeah. one unique type of pair and if i and that i, I want to keep every pair i make but i don't and then it's like oh there goes that pair of earrings I'm <laughs> proud of you. Go, go. oh my gosh do you have a favorite color
1: Gosh, you know, I would say, I don't know that I do, but I love blues and I love reds. Um, okay. I love very much jewel toned, bright colors, I would say. And I also love black, like wearing some blue green today, but normally you'd find me in black and <laughs> I feel good in it. I don't know. You know, it just does. And so, um, but yeah, I don't know to paint with though. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Still don't have a favorite. Can't, can't, I like them all. Mm -mm. I like them all, and I love the mix of. And even sometimes I look at my tattoos and I think, Oh, I wish I would have done this black and white as uh, and with this color as opposed to all color, or I wish it would. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. a little bit of changes, ebbs and flows with the peace and the moment feeling. Sometimes might be orange, (laughs) maybe
0: purple. i like that you said orange because that's our signature color for cMP hey love it. The orange <laughs> love it. you know i love it oh, I know you and blue, do orange and blue okay i'll be i'll be nice because
1: oh my gosh. not even Wait. it's not even preseason yet
0: I was about to say look <laughs> we're about to go into sports now we're about to start a whole different topic a whole new episode. <laughs> <laughs> Girls gone football. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, we're gonna, I'm gonna start wrapping it up. We've been on here for a minute. Um so shoot. I I mean if somebody wants to see your stuff, they gotta go to Denver.
1: This is true. Actually, I I don't even really have any of it up on social media anymore. Um I to have to think about that, right? Like it's it's been a minute since I have yeah. really showcased it and um maybe it's time to get that part of worth mentioning in gear, right?
0: Mm, like maybe this
1: whole thing, so
0: why can't that be a component of it? Yeah. I mean, let us know you you took everything off for a, for a reason. You know, I think it was difficult um, to
1: figure out how to shoot my pieces in a way that they would transfer Mm. into the digital environment, right? Because some are huge, some are small and just like, what's the right way to capture that? And so, you know, um, I I, I know a gentleman, um, he actually works in like the office over from me uh, that is Mm. pretty good with websites and pictures and stuff. So maybe it's time to say, hey, can you can you do some things with these paintings and put them up on a website for me cuz i could i could really use that help
0: so yeah that you make a good point cuz you know sometimes it's like even if i'm just trying to capture a picture and then i it's just you you it's like there's so much that's lost in translation you cannot get the whole experience and all the beauty and all the you know wonderfulness of something when you take it from one format and you put it to another A photo of
1: Monet and standing in front of Monet are not the same thing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But you know, maybe we can still get a little taste of, you know. You know, I do have my original piece
1: up here, but I will and I will be happy to share some other I do have some photos that I'd be happy to share with you of some of my artwork. Um, but most of it is hanging
0: somewhere. Um, Right. so I didn't know about taking it off walls. that's right yeah. you're gonna create some new stuff you're gonna create some new stuff i
1: am i am and i told you you're gonna be the first to hear about it so as soon as it is it is ready to be shared with with the world i'm coming to you first
0: and saying yes! here's what i created <laughs> be gentle great be gentle. news yeah we have it first yes um yes. All right, so you've already said so much. I mean, there's so much. This is a rich episode. But if there's any one, like, last thing that you would like to say to any sort of budding or aspiring visual artist or just any young person that, you know, has talent that's kind of on the fence with what to do with it? Like, what would you say? I think I would
1: say don't be afraid to share it. Find ways to embed it in all of the things that you do today because there is a way, just maybe hadn't thought about it yet. Um, and just enjoy it. Like allow it to be a part of yourself and be proud of it. And it doesn't need to be perfect. And also remember to know when to walk away because sometimes it's beautiful and then we keep fussing and then we're like, what happened? So it's that knowing when to walk away from the piece because it's,
0: it feels good. Okay, okay, i received myself too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I want to thank you again for coming on uh, and thank being you. featured on this episode. Hopefully this won't be your last time. Maybe no. next time I'll come to you in Denver.
1: Oh, that would be so fun. And I'll have my pieces up and ready and we can just let everybody see, Hey, exactly. she did do some things. She did do some things and exactly. you're here to showcase it live.
0: Yep. Yep. So I'll be looking forward to that. Me too. All Me right. Too. Well, Y'all, we are going to wrap up this episode. Wow, I have been talking to the one and only Ariane. She is not only a visual artist, but she truly is a phenomenal woman who is doing so many, many amazing Things and impacting so many people uh, in her family and beyond. So, you've been listening to For the Artists. It's a podcast that has been brought to you by Creative and Projects, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And until next week, you already know what it is, y'all. I want you to keep creating from the inside out. Bye. When was the last time you did some good? with your money. Okay, this is a shameless plug for you to make a donation today to Creative and Projects. Go ahead and dip into your pocket, dip into your wallet, dip into your friend's pocket (laughs) and make a donation. It's easy to do. Go to our website, www.creativemprojects.org. There is a give tab and there are so many different ways to give. Yes, this is a shameless plug for money, but if you have other things you'd like to give, like your time, some sort of art supply or donation, we'll take that too. All right, y'all. Much love. Let's do this.